Have you ever wondered what it's like for other people to go through a life event? Is it the same for them? Is it different? And how? My name is Dr. Nikkel Rogers-Webb. I'm a psychologist. I'm doing a podcast with my mom, Dr. Elsa Rogers, Dean of General Studies. And we're going to be talking to different people about what it's like to go through a single life event at the same time. This pandemic has been incredibly hard for so many of you for a whole variety of reasons. And for some people that includes job loss. So on today's episode, we are welcoming Mrs. Yvonne Schell, who was kind enough to speak with us about her own experience of job loss during the pandemic. Okay, our guest today is Yvonne Shell. She has been and is one of my dearest friends. We've been working partners for as many, how many years, Yvonne? About 13 years? 13, <laughs> Uncomfortable, not talking about our age here. Anyway, she has um, agreed to speak to us today on the impact of losing a job, something that I think most of us, most of our listeners can relate to. So first of all, as we get started, can you give us a little bit about your um, your working background? Did you start working as a teenager or perhaps did you wait until after you got your education before you got your first job? My first job was when I was 14 working at Woolworths on the high, down the high street on a Saturday. Hmm. So that so that was my first job. And what did you do? I worked, actually, it was funny. I was thinking about that. I worked in the gardening area or the toy area um, for quite a long time. Um, and then I moved to a supermarket. So this was all through school and uh, mm-hmm. college. And then at college, I went, I did uh, secretarial administration. So that's what was my first real job if you want to call that uh was in an office uh up in london oh you know as you said woolworths this reminds me of woolworths in trinidad we had woolworths in trinidad and uh, i was i didn't know it was a british or uh, even an american uh, company until i until i migrated yeah i think it's i think it's woolworths is uh american Mm -hmm. but i know that all the shops in uh, Britain closed down, but there are still stores in Australia, I think. So I don't know if it's the same company still or it's just an offshoot. But, oh, um, okay. Okay, no, okay. no, no, go ahead. Because um, I'm, <laughs> I'm just interested in like, you know, the work history and how people kind of got to where, how they traversed that whole thing. Because where we start at 14 in the toy department is probably not <laughs> <laughs> where we stay. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I when I was young, it was I wasn't an academic. I had no uh, inclination to go to un- university, and uh, so uh, the, working in offices was uh, there weren't a whole lot of choices back then for women, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't that driven like uh, your parents to uh, carry on my education. Um, <laughs> so I worked. I worked in hospital uh, in. Um, offices throughout my career mm-hmm. um, I worked in London and then uh, when I came here my actually my first job here was uh, working in a shop in the Edison Mall 
while I looked around and found an office job. Mm -hmm. uh, so then I worked for Health Management Associates. That was my first office job here. And I stayed with them for uh, 30 years. Oh, wow. And then they were sold to a competitor. They merged with a competitor and then they closed the offices in Naples. Uh, then at the same time, Hertz was moving to the Estero area and I got a job with the CHRO there. So the timing, uh, the closing of uh, Hertz wasn't a, a good thing, but the timing of Hertz coming in was, mm -hmm. was good yeah, timing. Was, mm -hmm. So go so, back. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wondered because, um, Career development is something that I kind of do as a psychologist. And often I'm telling the college students, you know, it, it's not like it used to be like you will probably have a number of different jobs with different companies. But now that I am in the world of work myself, um, okay. I understand what's really appealing about this idea of I find a really good organization and I am just there. And so I wonder can you tell us more about what it was like to like a place well enough to stay for 30 years? Well, the, the main thing is every role I had, I mean, I worked in the, uh, there was a very small corporate HR group and I worked, there was four of us and we just did everything from, it was very um, community, it was very team. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting. We all did different things from reviewing the 401k plans to putting together medical plans. I mean, it was just very, um, definitely don't do that type of thing now because they always have specialists that come mm -hmm. in. And so there was a very small team. It was just very great working with them, learning, learned a lot. Every job I had at HMA, um, I learned a lot and I was given a lot of responsibility under the title of executive assistant. I mean, I, I manage things, I, I put together big meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the other reason a lot of people liked to stay there was because they were responsible for everything. Okay. There, right. it wasn't, there were no silos. You didn't have to go to 10 different people because you were responsible and then you reported to whoever your supervisor was. So at the yeah. end, in my, in my case, it was the CEO. I mean, I just, we talked in, uh, together, we discussed things, we all coordinated things. Uh, so I took ownership and I was responsible. And that was, and I, I think everyone there really liked that because uh, everyone was held accountable. Everyone was given the ability to make decisions. Um, and I think that that made everyone feel very valued and uh, part of a, a good team getting together to make a company successful. I mean, that, that sounds, might sound kind of silly, but um, I think that was a big part of why a lot of people stayed there. You know, um, and I, I think too that when you don't work in silos, but you have an idea of what each person is doing, it makes you feel more invested. Yeah. In that you're not a stranger to working walking into somebody else's department and you don't know a thing about what they're doing. You can always, you know, have some sort of input. I like that too. Yeah. And I think when, when you get uh, 
you were given more and more responsibility that's telling you that you're doing a good job and you're trusted to to carry on doing a good job yeah um the the other thing it might sound silly but people liked it the ceo would walk around and say hello to people and say did you have a good weekend how's it going i mean it made it much more personal personable um and people like that. It's just, it's it just little sound things. Silly. Yeah, that sounds like, you know, people know each other and and the employees know that they matter, that it's mm-hmm. not this hierarchical kind of a thing. That, that really sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it meant a lot. But I also think, too, that being in a company like that, you get to know not only each other, but each other's families as well. So it mm-hmm. becomes a family away from your family, a family from home. Well, it's funny because I'm friends with some people on Facebook and you see their kids and of course their kids are now parents themselves. So, and I remember when they were born or you know, the kids would come into the office and um, that was a very ni- another nice thing. They were very family friendly. You could, if, yeah. if you, um, you could bring your kids in for a couple of hours if you had to take them to the doctor or something like that. Um, so everyone, no one minded that. that. I think some environments might frown upon that. Although Hertz was very good with trying to boost morale. They had uh, days you could bring your dogs in and they had different events for Halloween for the kids. They would invite people in. Um, we, they had, um, when Hurricane Irma came through the area, they had, I don't know, like two or 300 people staying at the office with pets of all shapes and sizes and the kids that's wonderful yeah so they were very employee oriented in that way too but you know but i'm thinking in comparing one uh, place of work with the other it brings me to the question that i wanted to find out were there any rumors or anything at all about um perhaps the health of the organization or about uh maybe gossip about oh you know i heard that hertz is closing down i heard that they're gonna riff certain people they're gonna let go certain people because I get the impression that if that were to happen at the HMA, you all would have known this. Was that maybe something that you were aware of at Hertz, that they were thinking of letting people go? Well, HMA, I mean, I reported to the CEO and I knew that it was being sold before anyone. I didn't even tell my husband. I mean, he worked for the same company. Um, so I, w- I kept everything very confidential. I didn't want didn't want the word to get out. At Hertz, there were, yeah, there was a reorganization, um, and I don't talk about anything. If I know something, I just keep away from any conversation. And of course, working in with the C-suite, you hear a lot of information. Um, but yeah, there would be some rumors sometimes. Something would come up, and we would go, "Is that true?" And they were like, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, being privy to information, it's, I, I always shied away from uh, getting into those types of conversations. And it, it was kind of more fun when I didn't know anything because then I could get into the scuttlebutt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I imagine that, well, I guess I have two thoughts. The first one is that it must be like a double-edged sword to have the information and mm-hmm. have to kind of keep that quiet and wonder Hmm, I wonder what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But then on the flip side, I'm also wondering, because Hertz, there's a lot of change, like very frequent mm-hmm. change. And so I wonder if it, in a way, wasn't surprising to hear these rumors kind of start. 
I think people were um, worried about their roles because there was so much change, especially when uh, CEO, I mean, any company would be, I think uh, if a CEO is changing, everyone starts worrying about how that's going to affect them. That's just human nature. Um, but I mean, when the pandemic hit, I think that just no one knew that it was going to be, there was no way anything could be protected. I think, I'm not sure how many people they laid off within the first month, but it was, I heard that it was like 40% of the home office. Um, wow. Like they closed down the training and development and there was a lot of recruit recruiters that were furloughed and let go. Uh, which which makes make sense. I mean, it's not something you want to happen, but uh, I mean, Hertz being a travel hospitality company was deeply hit in the first uh, few weeks. So they had to make big adjustments. So I don't think anyone could have predicted that. That was just a little different environment. Yeah. Um, but I think... When companies are going through changes or growing pains, or I think people are always a little insecure. Mm -hmm. I mean, as technology changes too. That's that's another big thing going on now. You know, you keep hearing rumors about, well, your job's going to be obsolete because of technology. I mean, oh. that's, there are a lot of articles about what what jobs are going to be eliminated because there's you don't need a human to be doing different jobs so I think that's another worry for people uh, will my job go away in five years ten years exactly so there are just it sounds like what you're saying is there are numerous reasons why this can happen and sometimes it can come out of left field like a pandemic and other mm -hmm. times it's just the progress that we make with technology or you know certain career fields that yeah. shift so much that they're absorbed somewhere else yeah, or they, they, yeah, they combine different jobs because the technology can make them more efficient. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of titles that were around maybe 20 years ago that don't exist nowadays, but they, they may exist in a different format, yeah. just been combined um, into different roles. You know, that, that reminds me of, um, I suppose, what typically happens in most offices, and that is that because so many roles are combined, what used to take maybe about five people, now you have one person doing all of that. And the flip side of it is that that one person isn't being paid the salary of five mm. people. True, true. And if you think back on technology, if you, say, if you worked for a, a law firm, for example, and you had to FedEx or uh, have someone take over to an office or something had to be mailed. I mean, there was always a gap between uh, what was done today, uh, was sending it somewhere, maybe getting it back. But now, I mean, you had the telex machines and the fax machines, and now it's all email and electronic and uh, different uh, online rooms and teams and things. So it's everything's, everyone's expecting everything to be done now. Yes. Exactly, exactly. But um, going back to, um, to, to Hertz, how did they let you know that you were being let go? What did they um, do? Did they just call everyone into an office or did they meet with people individually? 
by the time we were uh, we were furloughed, no, immediately uh, because of the, they were trying to keep people out of the office. They, I was working from home, so I became a remote employee. And this is pandemic uh, time, Ms. Yvonne? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I worked at home. I'm just trying to remember the, the timeline here. And then I was furloughed. So I have the potential of going back. Um, and then I was laid off. So there was a, a stepping stone. We were all emailed to stay home because, they, because of uh, the pandemic and work from home. And then, let's see, who, someone called, my boss called me to say that I will be furloughed. And then we received a communication by email explaining the situation and what, you know, like with healthcare and everything, what, what was gonna continue um, and for how long. At that point, everyone was assuming that this would have been over and done with and back to normal within three or four weeks, three or four months. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no one could predict what happened, what is happening. Um, and then ultimately the decision was made that you know, a company can't carry on paying for things when they're not having the income. I mean, I'm sympathetic, I'm sympathetic to that. I mean, it's not just hurts with other companies. So, but I know a lot of people would be upset. Um, they felt hard done by, but there's not, I guess, I mean, I was, I'm in a position that it, I didn't lose my home, um, which I know a lot of people did. I could still put food on the table. I could still, I still could live well within reason. Um, but, but it wasn't, I didn't affect me that deeply in that regard but uh um i mean it was a big change i lost my job <laughs> yeah so if i understand that they sent out an email to say stay home you got a call from mm -hmm. your boss to say you're being furloughed how did they specifically say okay this is not a three or four week thing we're not able to continue the furlough did, was it another email or did they call you or how did they well, I had I had a call. Okay. Someone, um, my boss, or my at that point, uh, she called me to say that what was going on. But I I was one. We worked one on one together. I don't know what happened if there was a department with forty people. I don't know how that was uh, that was handled. Um, so, to go back to what you were saying, this whole oh my gosh, I lost my job. So even though there were many things that you were able to maintain, you were fortunate to be able to do that what was that experience like of getting off of that phone call and going oh my gosh this is not what I thought would happen um we funny enough it when I left HMA six years before that was much more of an emotional time because I had been with them so long and it was just part of my life and that was part of who I was uh, so that was a bigger impact on me emotionally, I think. Um, this time, because of because the situation was so weird, you didn't know. My husband, mm -hmm. he was telling me, this is a big deal. It's going to be a problem. And there's this, this. I mean, he just was. And I'm like, you're being so negative. Yeah. it's going to get better it's going to do this we'll, I'll go back to work and 
Um, so after a while, I came, came to the realization, well, he was probably being more realistic than I, mm. I was. So it was kind of a gradual, I assumed that everything was going to go back to normal. I assumed that I would be back at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was at, in the back of my head. When, when HMA, uh, when I left HMA, I had no plans. I, I didn't know where I was going to be working and because I knew that in the area is not necessarily a big corporate employer. So that was, a, a, say, that was like, that really hit me hard. But this time it was less, uh, less emotional for me. Plus everyone was going through it. Even yeah. people, yeah. even people that were still working, you know, my daughter, they, she's been working at home this whole time. But even she was going through changes. They were trying to navigate the working from home situation and uh, how that's going to affect different people. So it wasn't just me. It was probably 80% of the rest of the population. But tell me something, Yvonne. Um, How long did it take you to really sink in to realize, wait a second, this isn't coming back? Or are you still working through that? No, I'm, I'm off beyond that. I think, well, you and I talked about it. We, I think you and I were good uh, sounding boards for each other. We worked, we worked through it with each other. I mean, yeah. you were going through changes. I mean, the whole education system was going through changes. I had lost my job. Uh, so I had your shoulder to cry on. I mean, it, and we, we talked about it. It was, it was nice to have you there. I mean, I really appreciated that. And I think you and I were on on more on the same wavelength. Yes. Yeah. So if I hadn't had someone to talk to regularly, uh, it might have been difficult, more difficult, I should say. I mean, and I was looking for work. There was nothing. Zip. Yeah. Uh, So that was a big struggle from that point of view that I needed to work. And that's part of who I am, too. I like working. And that's when we made the decision, well, there's nothing here per se. Uh, maybe we should take this, make lemonade out of lemons, right? So we've made the decision to move to, to Colorado. The, the job market is much more dynamic here. There's a lot more options, opportunities. And of course, my daughter's here. So mm-hmm. we decided to totally unplanned. I mean, that was something that we were planning for, to do in the future. I mean, we like, I had friends and I liked our neighbors and it was, it well, was the people nice... across the street were just, <laughs> you know, dodgy, but. <laughs> well, I liked himself, but the, the, the other one I wasn't too sure about. <laughs> <laughs> and for clarity, um, these two lived across the street from each other for <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. 20, 22 years. Yeah, just about. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I like the fact that you said that one of the coping tools that you used was actually talking it through. Um, I suspect also another tool that you used was going through that house with a fine tooth comb, finding things and getting rid of stuff and all of that, right? Is there anything else I didn't know that you did that you were doing? <laughs> Well, that was the hardest part of moving. I mean, as far as tangibly, 
in the house because I went through everything one time and then got rid of things and went through it again, got rid of some more things. And then uh, when it came down to the crunch of actually having to vacate, it was like, we've been getting rid of stuff for months. How, how come we have so much stuff left? Yeah. Um, you, you don't realize. And I found thank you letters. So I was texting photographs of these things to his sisters and, and different things. So everyone's like, how do you have this stuff? You, you put it in a box and you forget about it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like, I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, it was just a process. I mean, it was some days, most days it was, I tried to keep it very objective. Mm -hmm. But then on occasion, um, it it became emotional. And then my daughter came home for a wedding and she she realized that it was the last time she would be in in that house. So that was another kind of, tweak about the whole thing so it was like you don't realize how that affects other people and then her friends I would see her friends and they're like oh gosh we're not coming over to your house anymore we have so many mm. fond memories of this and that and, mm. and it's like oh <laughs> yeah. it's so interesting because even though you know like you've lived across the street from my parents for a long time I don't think I realized the domino effect of all of this with, you know, mm-hmm. HMA and then Hertz and then deciding, and it sounds like really it was important to say, okay, now, now what? Mm-hmm. And it might mean a big move that we were going to do in 10 to 15 years, but now's a good time to do that. Well, that was kind of the conversation. Well, well now what? Mm-hmm. And we just talked and I said, well, we should just, do what we want to do. I mean, there's nothing holding us here. I don't think I'm going to get a job. There's the, there's the whole employment market was uh, not growing, not changing. So I just felt that it was uh, a, just a good opportunity to pick up and yeah. do what we want to do. So yeah, makes sense. Well, believe it or not, we only have about 10 minutes left on our Zoom time. So I want to make sure that mom, that you ask every you know question that you wanted to, and that Miss Yvonne, you get to kind of add and say whatever you wanted yeah. to say for our podcast. <laughs> now that you've come to terms with your now what, and that you've moved away from your very best friend who's I know. Reading. I miss I miss you. I mean, it's, that's the hard part about moving. I I, I left you. I left yeah. people I saw regularly to uh, to come here, and I, I mean that I'll make friends eventually, but it's I'm not there yet. But so I get kind of lonely sometimes. I'm sure. But um, do you have any regrets at all about making that decision? I, I know it's kind of early because it's only been a few months, but if you had the choice right now to kind of go backward let's say six months from now would you have made the same decision yeah I think so I think it was um time nothing stays the same I mean everything's fluid really eventually so I mean, true. if we if we'd stayed I mean already people have been moving in the neighborhood mm-hmm. um so that's not going to stay the way it always was even though we might like that if I had had a chance at a job, maybe probably I would have 
considered it wouldn't have become an issue we would have probably stayed so I think as you said the big picture is yeah we would definitely move out here so I have one last question though and and I don't know that it, uh, your answer may be uh, the fit for every person, but if you were to give advice to someone who gets laid off, what kind of, um, what three things would you tell that person? I mean, not saying that your three would work for every single person. What three things do you think that person should think about? I think you have to really decide what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that might be just carry on looking for the, the job in the same industry or market that you're in or going to, back to school. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, as some people have told me, well, why don't you just not work anymore? Uh, but that's not me. I, my, my route at the moment is to look for a job. I think I have sometimes have a bit of a trouble, but try and remain positive. And if you do want to go back to the, the job market, you, you just have to keep, plodding away Uh, I mean I've made I've applied for a lot of jobs I've had a few interviews Uh, it sometimes it doesn't seem like I'm going anywhere but I mean eventually something's going to happen I think you just have to decide uh, you can't do you have to do it for yourself you can't necessarily do it for others Um, I mean one of my big things is besides actually working is I need health insurance but I think I'm I work I mean that's what I do I like working and that I really do I think you really have to sit down and think of what what is you what do you want to do um, and how long do you want to do it great I think that's good advice yeah it sounds like you've taken a lot of time to think about who you are at the core and like what fulfills you in addition to, of course, the, the practical matters, like, you know, having an income, having the health insurance and, and the things mm-hmm. that you need to, to do life. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all. I mean, we don't have young people at home, which would be a, a, a big force, driving force in what you do. I mean, if I was your age, I mean, I might be reacting a little differently I mm. I mean I've always told our kids that uh, do it do what you want to do while you don't have any responsibilities mm. but in the middle years when you do have responsibilities you have to look at things totally different yeah. and now that we at the other end of all that and we don't have any other responsibilities I, I can make a little bit different decisions yeah correct Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Yeah. Thanks, Yvonne. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day. Good seeing you. Bye-bye. Bye. A huge thank you to Mrs. Yvonne Shell for coming on the podcast to talk with us about job loss, Um, not only during the pandemic, but at other times in her life. Her experience is one I know is shared by so many, so we really appreciate her taking her time to share her experience with us. Next week, we've got somebody on the show who got married during the pandemic. I hope you can join us. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate and subscribe to At The Same Time on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss a single episode. We'd love for you to connect with us online. Our website is sametimepod.fireside.com.
sametime.fm. You can also follow us on Twitter at sametimepod. Music by purpleplanet.com. Copyright 2021 by Nikel Rogers Wood, PhD, and Elsa Rogers, PhD.